glad you joined us for day three of 1 Timothy chapter three. We're going to focus on verses eight to 10 today. And as we focus on these verses, we're going to continue to talk about living this life of integrity. We've been talking the first couple of days of this chapter about living a life of integrity, focusing on those who lead the church. And the first several verses, Paul talks about overseers or pastors of the church. Now he's going to continue to talk about this life of integrity as he focuses on deacons of the church. Let me read verses uh, 8 through 10 and then talk a little bit about deacons and then what Paul has to say to us all through what he says to deacons. Verses 8 to 10. Deacons, likewise, are to be men worthy of respect, sincere, not indulging in much wine, and not pursuing dishonest gain. They must keep hold of the deep truths of the faith with a clear conscience. They must first be tested, and then, if there's nothing against them, let them serve as deacons. Now, before taking a closer look at these verses, first, what is this about deacons? Who who are deacons in the church? We all know what the pastor of the church is, but churches have a lot of different definitions of what deacons do. Well, the word deacon, diakonos, in the Greek language simply means servant. It's the same exact word. And I know that in some churches we made deacons into the administrators of the church. In other churches, they're like, they, they take care of the finances of the church. But the Bible simply says ministers are servants. They are leaders who serve others. So whether it's through the, the finances or administration or simply serving people with pastoral care needs, counseling people who are hurting, deacons are people who choose to serve others. That's what they make a part of their life. At Saddleback Church, we have deacons. We just don't call them deacons. They're actually our small group leaders. They, in our church, do the ministry functions of a deacon. They care for God's people one-on-one. The word deacon, the word servant, that's what it means to do. And that's exactly what our small group leaders do. Rather than uh, meeting and deciding decisions about what color the wall should be painted in the church or making administrative decisions about the finances, our deacons are meeting with people and meeting those needs every single day of the week. That's what a deacon does, and that's how that's lived out in our particular church. It's lived out a lot of different ways in different churches. The key is, however it's lived out, it has to be servant-hearted. That's the focus of it. Living a life of integrity is living a servant-hearted life. And there are three important things that these verses teach us about developing the kind of integrity that lasts. I don't want to have integrity that lasts for a few months or a few years. I want to live a lifetime for Jesus Christ. So how do I live that kind of life? Because as Paul says, this is what you need to look for in a deacon. He's looking for the kind of person who's going to have integrity, who's going to have faith that lasts. He talks about three things. It's sort of a formula. He talks about character plus truth plus testing. That is integrity that lasts. That is a faith that lasts. Character plus truth plus testing. Let's walk through them. First, character. Characters are in verse 8. Deacons, likewise, are to be men worthy of respect, sincere, not indulging in much wine, and not pursuing dishonest gain. That's character. And he's really saying here, if you want to look for character in a person's life, look at how you handle four things in your life. Look at how you handle your relationships. That's worthy of respect. Look at how you handle your heart. That's sincere, the word that he used. Look at how you handle your hurts. That's not indulging. Look at how you handle your money, not pursuing. And let's walk back through those. Look at how you handle your relationships. Paul says, you need to be a person who is worthy of respect. Do you handle your relationships by hiding from other people or by living your life for Christ openly before others? That's where the respect comes from, not from being perfect. 
You're confessing your wrongs. You're making it right when you did somebody wrong, but you're also living the life of Christ that he's pouring into you. That's a life that's worthy of respect. That's part of integrity. That's part of character. How do you handle your relationships? Second thing is how do you handle your heart? And he uses the word sincere. I have a heart that's sincere before God. I am not living faith in order to get something else, to get approval or to get this or to get that. Now, I understand that all of us struggle with mixed motivations. I certainly do. We're human beings. But sincerity means the best I know how. I'm living this life because Jesus gave his life for me. And I want to give back to him. I want to give to others. And yeah, I've got some impure motivations. God, clear those up. I sincerely want you to to clear those up. I don't even see some of them yet. Help me to grow. That's a heart of sincerity. How do you handle your heart? That's part of character. A third part is how do you handle your hurts? Now, what does that have to do with not indulging in much wine? One of the ways that we handle our hurts is to hide from our hurts. And those who find themselves indulging in a lot of wine or indulging in a lot of entertainment or indulging in a lot of sex or indulging in a lot of shopping or indulging in a lot of money or indulging in life are usually hiding from the hurts of life. Do you handle your hurts by indulging the pleasures of your life? Or do you handle your hurts by going to God for comfort and asking him to do something new in your life? That's the life of integrity. How do you handle your hurts? And then finally, how do you handle, how do you handle your money? He talks about somebody who is not pursuing dishonest gain. The idea there is that it's okay to gain. He doesn't say somebody look for somebody who is not earning any money. Look for somebody who has no money in their bank account. He says look for somebody who's not pursuing dishonest gain. That's the list. How do you handle money? Are you pursuing it or are you working and you're trusting God? It's okay to earn money. It's okay to use that money that you've earned to make a difference in this world. But if you have to pursue money in order to feel better about yourself, better about your life, stronger in comparison to other people, that is an integrity issue. That's an integrity problem. He talks about character with deacons, how you handle your relationships, your heart, your hurts, your money. It's character. That's part of this life that lasts. It's character plus truth. That's the second part. And that's in verse 9. He says, they must hold the deep truths of the faith with a clear conscience. Now, notice in verse 9, he doesn't just say they must believe the deep truths. No, he says they've got to hold them. It's not just something you intellectually believe. It's something you hold in your heart. You hold in your life. They're reflected in your life because you hold them in your life. Something that you hold has an impact on you. Something that you know is true, you may know it's true and you don't think about it. It doesn't make any difference in your life that day. There's a lot of historical facts that you know are true but truths that you hold in your heart, those make the difference in your life. And he goes even deeper than that. He says, I want you to hold those truths. You want to live a life of truth? Hold them with a clear conscience. That's the key phrase here, a clear conscience. Nothing hidden from yourself or others. As best as you know, you're living with a clear conscience. What Paul is saying here to deacons is, if you take a leadership position with a skeleton in your closet, Satan will use the guilt that you have over that skeleton and the fear of possible discovery of that skeleton to ruin your life for the rest of your life. Don't do it. Don't go down that road. But this just isn't true of Christian leaders. This is true of all of us as followers of Christ. There's those places in our life where we have guilt because we've not dealt with that thing in our past. We have fear that someone is going to bring out that thing in our past. How about this? 
you hold the truth with a clear conscience. You clear it up before God, and if there are others involved, there may or may not be, you clear it up before others. That's holding on to the deep truths of the faith with a clear conscience. That's the truth part. It's character plus truth, but to live a life that lasts, there's a third part, plus testing. Verse 10 says, they must first be tested, and then if there is nothing against them, let them serve as deacons. If you want to live a life that lasts, a life of integrity, a life of faith that lasts, don't be in too much of a hurry. Don't get yourself in the wrong place of responsibility at the wrong time. As we said yesterday, it can be more harmful to your faith than helpful to your faith. So Paul says, let them be tested. Tested. Why, why would we be tested? I mean, none of us are perfect. We already all know that. So why test them? The reason for the testing is not to prove perfection, but to show readiness. If you put somebody into a place of responsibility, if you allow yourself to be put into a place of responsibility or leadership or service too quickly, then you end up hurting your faith and your growth. So here's the formula. You want to live a life that lasts, a faith that lasts, an integrity that lasts. It's character plus truth plus testing. Let's talk to Jesus. Jesus, we, we love you and we praise you for your love for us. And we know that you are working in our lives for these things to happen. We're not trying to grow ourselves. We're trusting you for our growth. And so we ask, we pray today that these things would happen. Lord, grow us in character. Help us to handle our relationships and our heart and our hurts and our money, the things in our life in ways, in ways that grow our character before you. Lord, we pray that you would work in the area of our life of the truth. Help us to grow in truth not just to know more truths, but to hold truths more powerfully, more strongly, and help us to hold them with a clear conscience. God, if there's something that needs to be cleared up, give us the courage to clear it up with you and clear it up with others. And Lord, help us not to be afraid of testing, of waiting for the right time to serve you in the right way. And if the answer is no sometimes, of being patient, knowing that, knowing that you know all things and that you're at work in our lives. Lord, grow us in integrity. Grow us in faith so we can live a lifetime of integrity and faith. We ask this in Jesus' name, in your name, Jesus. Amen. And we'll see you tomorrow. We're going to focus on verses 11 to 13, and we're going to focus again on the importance of relationships. Relationships. 